Welcome, church. How are we all doing this morning? Hmm. Seriously. For all of you who didn't get your start in the morning, we've been talking about faith. With that resounding welcome, I have faith that this does something for me. Sometimes you see me in worship, like, I don't let go of this thing. I'm like, ah, Evan, I suggest you go grab your coffee. Not now, but earlier. It's good, good stuff. God made coffee. I mean, I'm just saying, he's got some good stuff on this earth. I'm just giving a couple minutes to let everybody come in. Hmm. Just quick poll, my own curiosity. How many introverts do we have here? Like, okay, not, I'm not talking about, I just want to clarify. I'm not talking about whether you're a people person or not. I'm talking about how do you recharge, right? You might have learned how to talk to people, but you have to go away to recharge. You are an introvert. Like... 10, 20%, maybe. Full-on extrovert. You need people to recharge. You are at the party. I know about you. Right? Okay. All right. Everybody else, somewhere in between. We were having discussion. I'm a little more introvert. Tiny little bit extrovert. I'm thinking there's no introverts in heaven. I don't think there's an introvert. Like, I could be wrong, but can you imagine going to heaven and hanging around a crowd of people and be like, dude, just get away. I got to be by myself. Like, I'm just going to go away by myself. I don't see it. We're together. We come together. What are we doing when we get there? What's one of the, like, first things that we do? Man, yeah. Drop down at his feet and worship. What do we do when we come here to this building? We worship him. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Our bodies are physically, you get in his presence... You don't even have to ask for healing. You understand? You don't have to... You just stand in His presence. Something is a result of being in His physical presence. You say physical presence. How is that possible? What does God promise to do when His people come together to worship Him? Inhabit. He comes, he promises. This is like, this is one of the reasons in my darkest times, I like, I can't give up worship. You come together, together and worship him. He shows up. He shows up. And he heals our bodies. And he sets our minds on the right things. How do we worship him? We use our breath. We lift it. We play instruments. 
We practice. It doesn't matter whether it's a full-on a cappella hymn in the silence with our face to the ground, whether it's concrete or dirt or grass, a state, it doesn't matter. It could be full-on power cords and blowing hair. <laughs> I just feel like I want to let Isaac just you ever seen that Lego movie? You're like is the guy that's trapped in the cage? He's like, you want me to build a spaceship? Like one day they're gonna let him do a solo, and he's gonna be like a solo. It doesn't matter if it's fast or slow. It matters that we come together and give him all the worthiness that he's due, so he will come and be with us. It's a gift we get to receive as a result of giving ourselves to Him. Let's stand. We're going to pray. Father, Father God, I thank You. I thank You for Your mercy. I thank You for saving us. I thank You for delivering us. I thank You for getting us out of all the stupid problems that we cause for ourselves. You literally save us for from ourselves we come here today together to worship you in Jesus name Amen Mondia, Bola Babahashi, Kie Tato, 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 Hoshi Kisha, Bola Namanda, Kia Shorabaha, Hola Hara, Hoshi, 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 Sorry, I'll explain that later. <laughs> Don't look back, says the Lord, for it's a new day. Let the past be the past. Look to the glory that's in your future. Look to me, says the Lord, for I am not only the author, but I'm the finisher of your faith. He that's begun a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ. I have begun a good work. I shall complete it. Now is the day of salvation. Today's the acceptable time. Walk in all that I have given you. For this is the day that I have made, says the Lord. Rejoice and be glad in it. out of me. I couldn't help it because uh, Linda came up and said, I, I've got a word in tongues. 
And I, I said, well, I'll just I'll tell you when. And they knew, you know, we'll see. And, I, and she goes, then she came up and she goes, well, I don't know that I have the interpretation. I go, well, somebody will. I, I don't know who it is. And then, and, then, and then she steps back and I'm going, okay, God, somebody's got to have the interpretation, right? And he goes, that'll be Tom Shanklin. Don't worry about it. So when I, when I saw him coming, it's just like, God is so good. Today's a new day, amen? What he started in you, what he has started in you, what he has started in you, he will work out to completion. Amen? Amen. Every promise, every blessing, everything that he has in store for you. He, Satan can't stop God. Satan can't stop his plans. Satan can't stop God's promises. We walk it out. Amen? Amen. We will we will not quit. Turn to somebody and say, I, we will not quit. Now turn to somebody else and say, I will not quit. I will not quit in Jesus' name. Well, why don't you greet one another? Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you turn with me? Where do you want to turn to? What do you think? Did I hear, I hear somebody say Hebrews? Hey, why don't we go to Hebrews 11? That's a great place to start. Turn with me. We've been doing a series through uh, talking about faith a number of weeks now. Lost track of how many times. I think this might be the last Sunday for this part of the series. Who knows? It can always come back to it. And uh, but we're gonna we're gonna close it up for this part and and uh, some other things the Lord wants me to talk about. So as, as I've been praying and and working through this series talking about faith, because I had said I had never really done a whole series on faith, but uh, uh, just felt led to this summer, you know, the beginning of this summer here, and and then uh, I was praying about where to go next, and, and I believe, I believe anyway, that the Lord is leading me to, to teach on grace, which uh, another series I haven't done in, uh, in, a, in an entirety, and we'll see how that turns out. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we've begun each week. Mostly, anyway. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 1, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God can create anything out of nothing. He's the only being who can do that. He's the only God. He's the only one. Science can't do that. You've heard the old joke, right? The old joke. The scientist came to God and says, well, we don't need that. We don't need you anymore. We have science. And God says, well, he says, you can't do what I do. And they said, yes, we can. We can even create life. And they went, and God says, really? He says, well, okay, let's do it. And they went over and they, the, the scientists gathered up some dirt, started forming it into mud, and he goes, whoa, 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 get your own dirt. <laughs> God can do anything. He literally can. He can do it. And now, don't, don't, those of you who like to be contrarians, don't, well, God can't lie. Well, of course He can't lie. Well, God can't create a rock so big that He can't lift. Oh, come on. 
He's God. He can do. He can do stuff. He can. He says he created everything we see with a with a with a word. Let it be. Let it be. Let, let there be light. Let there be water. Let there be. And in that, because he can do that, he can do whatever you need him to do. He can do whatever he's promised he can do. He's promised. His word is full of promises. His word is full of promises for you. There's full of promises for the body of Christ, full of promises for the world, full of promises for your family, for your children, for everything. And what we need to do then is put faith, what we're talking about here, faith with those promises, faith in Him, not even faith in the promises. We're not putting faith in the promises. Well, it says right here, that blah, 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 and now it has to happen because I have faith that that, that those words are true. Well, I have faith those words are true, not because those words are, are anything important, but it's because those words are based on Him, on His character, on His trustworthiness on his life my faith is in him our faith is in him now we've been uh, making statements uh through this whole series i'm not going to remember them all there i didn't put them in my notes uh but i uh, uh we're going to go through it you're going to remember them faith is trust remember we started with faith is trust Faith isn't this big, ooey-wooey, super spiritual word that you know you have to pull out your Strong's Concordance and you have to you know dig way in, or you know you don't have to go into the original Greek and Hebrew. Faith means I trust God. God said this. God did this. God provided this for me. I trust Him that He is a God of His word. He's not a man that He should lie. I trust Him. So we we put our trust. In God. Then we talked about that faith is a expectation. I'm expecting God to do something. It doesn't, you know, because not, you know, it says here that it was created out of nothing. Now it created it was not things that were made were not made out of things that are visible. Whenever there's a promise, and then we hook up with God because we need that promise to be fulfilled, we don't necessarily see it in that moment. Sometimes it looks like it's not real. And that's where faith, man, that's where you need to, you need to grow in your faith. That's where you need to, that's where you need to hook up and go, okay, God, I want to mature in this. I want, I don't see it. And then we talk about how faith patiently endures. Because many times when I put my faith in God that he says he's going to do something, it takes time. So we have to patiently endure. So faith is then, after we're, as we're patiently enduring, faith is also an action. Faith is movement. Faith is, is you know, he, we do our part, whatever our part. Now we don't make it happen. We found we have all kinds of stories in the New Testament or the Old Testament, well, New Testament too. Old Testament, where God promised something. And the, who he promised it to thought they had to take it into their own hands and make it happen. Abraham was promised a son. Sarai wasn't having a son, and she goes, well, here's my handmaiden. He went, okay. He took it into his own. He, he did it in his natural way, and it caused problems for the family and for the region and for 
Ja, ja, settle down, settle down. <laughs> Joseph. Joseph was promised that his brothers and his, the sun, moon, and stars were going to bow down to him, and he just decided to tell his brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that worked out well for him, didn't Why are they trying to kill me? Really? Back then, I mean, people weren't as nice as they are now. They're not as, you know, they're not as sweet as they are now. I mean, just think about this, older brothers. If your younger brother came up and said, just want to let you know, God told me you're going to bow down to me one day. Yeah, that's going to work out well for him. Yeah, I'll, I'll make you, I'll, I'll show you bowing down. But faith is an action. You, you begin to do the things that God leads you to do because you don't just sit there and wait. You know, if God, if God tells you one day you're going to, and I used this example last time, God's going to have you lead a multi-million dollar organization, you don't just sit on the, on the, on the recliner and wait for it to happen. You go get a job. You get an education. You start serving somebody else. I, what I would do is I'd start looking for somebody who's doing that and start serving them. Because you're going to learn some stuff working for them. When God told me I was going to be a pastor, I thought, well, okay. It's not going to happen immediately. Well, actually, in a little way, I did think it was going to happen immediately. And then, that, you know, <laughs> then you realize that doesn't, isn't the way it works. I first started, you know what the first job I did in the church? You know what the first, it was so glamorous. It was so awesome. My first job in the church was I was I made the little cassette tapes of the of the sermons and handed them out after service. I worked with with uh, oh I just lost his name Sam Garish, yeah Sam Garish, wonderful man of God. Handing out tapes that is so glamorous. I mean that's just like wow. You know, there's the fivefold ministry, you know, the prophet, apostle, you know, teacher. Tape hander outer isn't one of them. You know that? I mean, it's not even mentioned in the Bible. But you start where God puts you. I was doing that, and then they found out I used to do youth ministry. I actually had I actually for a summer ran a youth ministry in southern Minnesota. And the pastor goes, wait a second, why are you in the tape ministry? And I said, just because that's what I why didn't you say something? Well, I just want to help. I just want to be a part of this. And I didn't really want to do youth ministry anymore. So I love youth, though. I do. I love youth. <laughs> Actually, I love youth a lot. Because then became the youth pastor and moved on. And I, whenever I introduce myself to somebody who doesn't know me, and especially in ministry areas, I'll, I'll say, oh, I'm, I'm Pastor John Neitzel. I've been demoted to senior pastor a number of years ago. I used to be a youth pastor, and then I kept a series of demotions. <laughs> so we need to have faith. We need to live by faith. We need to walk by faith. And all of those areas we develop and we, we, we learn to trust Him more. How do we learn to trust Him more? By, by putting our trust in Him in situations, and you grow. You know, this, this whole idea that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off and, until I really need it. Like if I have cancer... Then I'll put my faith in God. I, you know, for a cold, I don't need to, I don't need to trust God. I, they, they, we, we can deal with that. Well, no, trust Him in the little things. Just see what happens. Just do the little things. Trust Him. 
Trust Him with, with your daily finances. You know, I mean, this whole running a multi-million dollar organization, you know, uh, you watch some people, you watch people, you know, the, the people that, that have these huge ministries, you know, the one that uh, Andrew Womack out in, out in Colorado, and, you know, the, the amount of money they need every day to come in for that ministry to continue. And if you've ever heard him speak about it, it's never, well, we're just believing God. If you don't send more money in, we're not going to be able to continue. He doesn't care. I mean, I've literally heard him say person, publicly, say, say, you know, if the money doesn't come in, that's God's deal. It'll come in. It'll be there. Every bit of it will be there. I'm not worried about it. We can learn from that. You know, our, our, our weekly budget if we don't believe God that, that God can, can, can supply our weekly budget, how in the world are you going to you know, believe Him for this big, amazing, crazy thing? You can do that as a student, as a, as a teenager. You can, be, you can believe God for your daily needs. Stop believing your parents for their day or for your... No, I'm just kidding. There's not enough teens. Where did everybody go? Are, you, are they... Are they all serving, aren't they? Yeah, they're at camp. Parents, I can see why the parents are smiling. Now I get it. They've had a restful three days, two days, and going out for lunch. But with verse 6, verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. It's one thing to know there is a God. I mean, we can, you can know that there's a God. Now, there's people that don't know that there's a God. I, just, I had a conversation with someone recently, and they had, some, they had some questions. They actually grew up in the church as a small child, and, and now they're older, they're in their, they're in their uh, older, I'll just say older, uh, and they said, you know, I'm not so sure there is a God. And I said, well, then that's where we begin. They have questions about life and hope and, you know, this, the world that we're in. And they're just, they're so, t- you know, they're scared of what's going on. And so they, they called me and they said, we, I remember you from way back when. Can we talk? I said, of course we can. And they said, well, here's where I'm at. I don't even know that there is a God. And I said, well, then that's where we start. Because you have to believe He exists. Otherwise, there's no basis. And, I, and they said, well, how, how are we going to do that? How are you going to prove? I said, I don't have to prove that God exists. God is way big enough to prove that He exists. He proves He exists every moment. The Bible says that every, in every breath we take proves that God is real. In Him we live and move and have our very being. Look at nature. Look at nature. It proves that God exists. Look at the stars. Look at the, look at the plants. Look at bugs. It proves that God exists. But, but I didn't, I, you know, I said that, but then I told the person, I said, here's what we're going to do. And I've done this with many people. When they've told me, I don't know if God exists, and I say, okay, the Bible says that if you seek God with all of your heart, He will be found by you. That's a promise. That's one of the promises in the Word. I said, if, it says, if you seek Him, now you have to be honest with me, 
We're not playing a game here. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to me. I care about this person. But it, it's not a, my, my soul, my salvation does not rest on this. My eternity doesn't rest on this. So you have to be honest with me. And I said, here's the deal. We're going to pray in just a second here. And the Bible says, if you seek him with all of your heart, he will be found by you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and, I'm, and, and we're going to agree that, that when you seek Him with all of your heart, that God will reveal Himself to you. I've done this with many people. It's never not worked. I haven't seen this person since. We're going to get, get together later this summer. And I said, I said, okay, Father. Let's, I said, do you agree with me? And she said, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. That I'll, that I, I'll do that. Because if he, if he can show me, then I'll believe it. And I said, okay. I said, Father, I know you're real. I believe in you. There's no question in my heart, but this person has a question. And they've promised me that if they, they're, they're seeking you with all of their heart, Lord, I thank you that you, you reward them and show them yourself. Now, I've, the very first time I ever heard of this, a friend of mine was doing prison ministry. And he was going into a prison, and, and most guys were sitting around and, and, and listening to the Bible study, and one guy was always sitting in the back mocking. And he, he finally went, you know, why do you keep coming? If all you're going to do is sit and mock the, the, the Bible study every time I come, why do you even come? And the guy goes, I get perks if I come to Bible study. And he went, oh, okay. He says, what's your deal? Why, what's the big deal? He goes, I don't believe there is a God. And, and he did this very thing with him. He said, okay, let's pray. I'll pray right now that God will reveal himself to you. But you have to be honest with me. When he does, you have to let me know. The guy goes, can't hurt, right? I'm in. So he did that. He prayed with the guy. One week later, the guy was not in the back. He was in the front row, <laughs> leaning on his elbows, listening. He goes, and, and my friend goes, so what's the deal? And he goes, I don't know. What, I don't understand it. I don't know. That I, nothing happened. I just know there's a God. <laughs> Step one. At that point, then, you have to believe he exists and that he's a rewarder, that he's still involved with your life today. He's not some distant God, way out there in the way out of there in the stars. Thank you. That was a perfect, perfect. These guys are amazing. Way out in the stars somewhere, you know, just going, well, <laughs> that looks like it's a mess. Good luck. No, he's involved every you know, Michael this morning shared. He says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He was here this morning. He is here this morning. Just because we're not still singing and jumping up and down, he's here. And he rewards. He's, he, he, he's involved in our life. That's why I laughed. It's just, it never ceases to amaze me when it's just like, God is, I mean, I'll, I'll know something and, and then the Holy Spirit, and then it happens. I'm going, man, God is good. It's just fun. He just cracks me up. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then we get into a whole list of things from 17 on, uh, verse 17 on. And, we, and we've done all of this. I'm just, this is just a really quick recap. And then we're going to hit our last point really, really solidly. Verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Okay, so God said something. God, God gave him a son, Isaac. And then God tested him. He says, okay, do you really trust me? Do you really, really, really trust me? Okay, 
sacrifice your son. And Abraham went, oh, dude, that's, ooh, oh, gosh. It didn't say that. It says he got up the next morning, gathered his son, the donkey, a servant, and some wood. He's like, okay, I trust you. I trust you. And he who received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked the future blessing on on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Abraham went to plunge that knife and an angel had to stop him. I mean, he was serious. Okay, I'll do it. And God went, well, no, no, that's okay. Never mind. There's a ram right over there. And Abraham, do you remember what Abraham called that, that place? What the name of that place was? says, this is the place where God shall provide. Because He provided him a ram for that sacrifice. He says, this is the place where God shall provide. And if you follow it all the way through time to Jesus, that's where Jesus was sacrificed for our sins. The place where God shall provide. God is a keeper of His Word, no matter how much how long it takes. He, will, he is a keeper of His Word to you, no matter how long it takes. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Verse 22, By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they were they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Every one of those lines, I mean, we're not, we don't have time to break all of those apart, but every one of those has all of the parts that we've been talking about about faith. It has that, that faith is trust. They trusted God more than they trusted man. They trusted God more than they trusted the elements. They trusted God before more than they trusted time. They trusted Him. Then they put a hopeful expectation. They expected Him to do something. And they expected Him so much to do something, they did something. Israel blessed His children. Now that just we, I mean, I don't have time to break it all down, but even in that act, he was speaking over them about their future. Hundreds of years later, four hundred plus years later, he's talking about what what the children of Israel were going to do. He did that by faith, even though he didn't see it himself. He died in in Egypt. He he spoke by faith. He by faith did an action. He spoke over something, and then let God take it from there. Joseph, when he was getting ready to die, said, don't leave my bones here, because you're not staying here. The word of the Lord says this, then you make, I make you promise that you will not leave my bones here. Take it with you when, you when you leave. And they did. They carried his bones out during the Exodus. Every one of these people had all those parts. Uh, trust, uh, uh, expectation, action, all of these things that we're reading really quickly 
is full of those things happening. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused, refused, that's a really strong word, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the, to the reward. Okay, do you catch that? Every time I read those verses, and I've read those verses for ever and ever, de- decades, every time I read that, there's, there's a word there that I trip over. Read, let me read it again. He considered the reproach... This Talking about Moses. Moses chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to be enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sins. He considered the reproach of Christ greater than the wealth of the treasures of Egypt. The reproach of Christ? Christ wasn't born yet. How can it say? How, do, how does the writer say? Why does the writer say that Moses chose the reproach of Christ more valuable than all the riches of Egypt. By faith. There's verses in the Bible, and I don't have them in my notes, I'm sorry, I should, that say that they were, oh, it's in Hebrews, but they were looking back by, they were looking forward in faith. They didn't see it in their own life, but they knew what was coming. Joseph knew the answer was coming. Joseph knew the Messiah was coming. Joseph knew what was coming, and he counted that way more important, way more valuable than what he was living in in the moment. And so he did everything, everything he did, everything he constructed, everything that Moses did, everything that Abraham, everything they did was always looking forward, not going, okay, this is good enough. I'll I'll just live here a few years and die. No, they were always striving towards the prize. Always striving towards the promise. By faith, verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured, endured, endured. For those of you who remember, hupomino, Greek word that's endured, means it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter the cost. It doesn't matter the pain. It doesn't matter the suffering. It doesn't matter the inconvenience. It doesn't matter what's going on. I am going to go forward and receive the prize. That's exactly what Jesus did. It says in the New Testament, it says that Jesus endured the shame of the cross. Because of what? Because of looking forward to the prize that is you. He endured. He said, I don't care. I mean, he knew what was going to happen. He's, he's, he's there kneeling in the, the Garden of Gethsemane the night before his crucif- crucifixion, and he's dripping blood because there's so much pressure on him. And the guards come, they arrest him. Peter lops off the, the guy's ear. Jesus puts it back on and says, Peter, slow down. Now, that's the John version. Slow down. Dude, relax. Don't you know what I have to do? Don't, don't you realize I could stop this if I wanted to? 
I could call 10,000 angels. But I'm not going to. Why? Because that is more important. When Jesus was headed to Jerusalem a week or so before, they said, do you realize that when you get there, Herod wants to kill you? And Jesus said, tell Herod I'll be there in three days. And it says he set his face like flint. The kingdom is not for wimps. It's not. The kingdom is not for for people who would rather be soft and cushy and happy. I mean, I like to be soft, cushy, and happy. Don't don't take away my my lazy boy, please. I love to be soft. But what's more important? What God has said is this is what you're this is who you are. This is what your life is all about. This is what your purpose is. And setting your face like flint and not letting go. Not letting go. Doesn't matter what it happens. Doesn't matter how hard it gets. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what everybody's saying. Doesn't matter with if if you are the only one moving forward. Are you going to continue to move forward? Because that's what Jesus did. He was the only one moving forward. He set his face like flint towards Jerusalem and began to walk. Amen. Amen. Verse 32. Because it continues on, talks about the Exodus, talks about traveling across. Verse 32, and here's where we want to get to. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises. Obtained promises. Isn't that interesting? You know, I've had people say, oh, you always talk about promises. Can't you just be happy with just being saved? Just saved. I mean, just you're saved, right? Well, yeah. I'm not going to spend eternity in hell. The thing is, I don't want anybody else to either. And the promises I'm pulling on every single day is not necessarily to benefit me. Now, it does benefit me, but I am drawing on those promises every single day because they're going to benefit someone else if I do what God's told me to do. If God does what, he's, what, what He told you to do, if when He fulfills that, it's going to bless other people, that's why Satan is trying to keep you sick, poor, and, hel- and, and unhealthy. Oh, words wanted to come out. I just like, no, stop. That was enough. I don't want to sound like a, th- a thesaurus. I, oh. The deal is... We 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 gotta stop being wimps. I'm believing for this. I'm believing that God God said He's going to do this, and what's going to happen, and we're going to get there, and we're going to do this, and this is going to happen, and there's going to be all the provision we need. It's not about the provision, but that in this world we need provision. Jesus needed some provision. 
Peter didn't know where to get it, so Jesus said, go fishing. Take the first, first coin out of his mouth. There's, that's provision. It, it provided what they needed in the moment. So it isn't about the coin. It's about God will do whatever He needs to do. He'll get you everything you need to have to be able to fulfill what He's called you to do. That's provision. And because He's God, it's over and above usually. There's, it's just over and above because He's an over and above kind of God. He is the God, El Shaddai, He's the God who is more than enough. Feed the 5,000. Well, all we, all we got is two loaves, five fish, the other way. Five loaves, two fish. <laughs> Little details. But what happens is they fed all 5,000 and what did they have left over? They had more than enough. Twelve baskets full. He's the God who's more than enough. We can trust that. Well, are we going to have enough to do this next outreach? Yeah, we're going to have more than enough. We're going to have so much, we're going to have to give some of it away. That is, that is happening here. It's beginning to happen in here. It's going to happen even more. It's going to happen so much that we're just, we're fulfilling God's vision for our life and we're starting to look for other ministries. We're going to have to have somebody on staff who's looking for other ministries to start pouring money into to help them fulfill their visions because we have more than enough. We're not living in lack anymore. It isn't, we're not going to. It's not going to happen in Jesus' name. They conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, verse 33, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign, foreign armies to flight. I mean, if that doesn't just get you guys going, oh, arr, 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 arr. I don't know what will. We're gonna conquer. Not well. I hope. I hope God, you know, does something. No. No. I'm expecting him to do the supernatural because he's supernatural. He's the God of all the universe. It's impossible to please him unless you expect him to do these things. Well, can't you just be happy with salvation? I'm very happy with salvation. Praise God I'm saved. But what am I going to do with the rest of my life? So it means we need to keep heading towards the edge. I have a nephew who has a saying. He says, if you're, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. It makes his mother cringe every time he says it, but... Verse 36, others suffered mock, mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. Yeah, that doesn't sound very... What it doesn't say here, though, is as they were living that out, other people were watching them going, whoa. Because they didn't go through it as wimps. They went through it in power. They went through it with authority. You read the, the stories of the martyrs. 
People got saved by watching them die. Roman soldiers who were, who were in the arena while the Christians were being killed would lay down their swords. And right there publicly would, would profess Christ. They, didn't, they went in with power. I mean, if you're going to die for Christ, make it a testimony. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves in the earth. And all these, verse 39, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Hmm. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect Everything they did by faith was for us. I mean, yes, they did it for Christ, but they were doing it, yes, for Him. But what they did, the, how they lived their lives, how they walked it out, how they preached. Do you know that you're, the only reason you are saved is because they preached? The Gospel doesn't get to Europe unless they preach. Unless they did what they did. The Gospel doesn't get to Asia unless they preach. The Gospel doesn't get to Africa unless they preach. South America, Antarctica, wherever. Australia, it's the only one I think I left out. South America, okay, fine. But it's because they preach. It's it's because of what they did is the reason you and I are sitting here right now. And then in the Bible it goes on to talk about the great cloud of witnesses. Since we have this great cloud of witnesses, how should we live? We should live by faith. These people were not wimps. These people were not, well, I'll try to serve God today. No, they had to serve God today. And here's the reality. I know we live in America and life is really, really good here. But do you know what? You need to have God operate in your life today. If you don't realize that, you're in trouble. You and I need God to be as miraculous as He was in the first century today. Look at the news. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) Because there's a conspiracy. And I'm not talking about any of the ones that you... I'm talking about the devil is trying to take over the world. The devil is trying to take... And he's using every means possible. And if we, if we ignore it, and if we lay down, there are going to be people who will spend eternity in hell because you didn't want to, you didn't want to make it hard.
Yeah, we, it, life is hard. Praise God. I'm so proud of our, our young, our, our youth leaders and young adult pastors. Do you know what one of the subjects, maybe I'm getting ahead of them, I don't know. I'm going to say it anyway. Because there's hardly any youth here. They're going to do, do hard things this summer. Part of their topic of what they're going to be studying through the summer is do hard things. You know, it, it, we have to do hard things to have success and to have to have, move forward. Well, there are spiritual hard things that people need to be doing on a daily basis. And if you're not doing them, you're the one who's going to suffer. And everyone who comes after you that you're supposed to affect. The world is falling apart and it needs you to stand up and be Jesus. Be the light of Christ. Be the voice box. Be the, the hands and the feet. The world is falling apart by the moment. I, I, I know some, some, some people want me to like list all the things that are going wrong. Look at the news! I don't have to give any moment to that. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have to list all the things that are wrong with this world. You look at it and you go, that's wrong. And, and people need to hear from someone, and that someone is you. Go like this, go, me. That there's a different way to live. There's a different way to live. There's a different way to think. There's a different way. There, there, it used to be the right way to think and live about a hundred years ago. And now it's different. We're the oddballs now. One more step into the rabbit hole and then I'm back out, okay? I was probably 11 or 12 years old. And I can't remember the exact uh, brand it was, but they, they used to, when, in our church they used to uh, have these... Uh, uh, comic books. They were comic books, but they weren't comic at all because they were all about the the end times and about the rapture and about you know, but it was comic books. Anybody who's been a Christian for a long time and had been through that, there there was these comic books. And in this one comic book, this kid came home after school one day and he was just ticked. Just ticked. He was just mad at his parents. Just mad at his parents. And they're like, "What is wrong with you?" And he goes, "Do you realize that I'm the only kid in school whose parents are still married?" And then they went on and, and it showed the, 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 the drug dispensaries open on the street corners. And then it went on to talk about this sin and that sin. I won't go into all of them. And I remember at that age going, this is stupid. This will never happen. Fifty years ago. This will never happen. I'm so sorry, Lord. It's happened. Now it's time to, to shine light. We need light. We need light. You, we need to be, and we, and, we, and we need to stop being wimps, and we need to be relentless. As I was writing this this week, I'm just that word relentless just kept coming up. So faith is relentless. Relentless means you don't give up. You don't quit. 
You don't stop. You don't pull back. You don't give, you know, oh gosh, mm, here we go. Okay, so a uh, long time, I never talked about this in a long time, but I used to do, I used to do uh, Krav Maga. I, and, and, and I still know how to do, so don't mess with me. All right, but I, I used to do, and I used to be an instructor, and one of the things I taught people is intensity. And you could just, I mean, I could scare the whole front row real quick. Like, I get really angry. And just the intensity. But the thing is, if you, if you're in a life and death situation, the worst thing you can do is, oh, don't hurt me. Because the whole reason they're doing what they're doing is they want a victim. So tired of victims. I'm so tired of victims. I'm so tired of the victim mentality. Christ, Christ, the Christ consciousness is not a victim mentality. We're not victims. Oh, look what the world's doing to us. Oh, quit it. Do something about it. Start speaking. Start, start teaching. Start telling your kids. Start telling your kids the truth. Now, I know you are. I'm talking to this. I'm talking to everybody who's online right now. Start speaking the truth to people. Start speaking the truth to your coworkers, to the, the people on your block. People need to hear the truth. They may not want to hear the truth, but they need to hear the truth. I was just—I was in a conversation this week. I can't remember who it was. It might have been somebody here. They were talking about that—that that somebody saw their child in a in a in a public setting, and they're going, "Wow, how come your child is so is so well behaved?" And the person said, "I couldn't tell them why, because you don't know where who they are." And I was, I remembered, and when they said that, I remembered when, when Ethan was two years old. He was just as little, I mean, he was little, never little, but I mean, he was little. And we were in a grocery store aisle. He was sitting in a chair and, or in the, in the, uh, the cart. And we get to the, the aisle right where the cashier is. And he looked at me and he goes, gum, please. And I was busy thinking, I went, no, not now. And he's just sat back down, you know, he just put his hands on it and it was left, you know, just sat there. And the lady behind me goes, how did you do that? <laughs> and I said, how did I do what? I had no idea what she was talking about. She goes, how did, how did you get him to do that? I said, I don't know what you're talking about, man. What are you talking about? She goes, when he asked you for gum, you said no. She goes, and he just sat there quietly. She goes, my son would have thrown a fit. And I said, do you really want to know? <laughs> and she goes, yes, I want to know. And I said, I spank him regularly. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. The world is full of people who should have been spanked regularly. (laughs) The world is still full of people. If we could spank grown-ups regularly... We'll fix this. <laughs> Faith is relentless. I want to get done here real quick. Here, here are some synonyms, some other words that work in here. Determine, dogged, mullish, mulish, mulish. <laughs> Persistent, obstinate, resolute, staunch, Strong-willed, stubborn, tough, unswerving. When do you hear sermons about being staunch and mulish? It's because that's what we need today. 
We need people to go, I'm done with this stuff. This isn't going to happen anymore in my life. My family, this, this is the way life's going to be. We're going to live by God's principles. And I'm going to tell people next door, you want to know why my kids behave themselves? It's because I love them. And the Bible says, the Bible says, not I say, who cares what I say? The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it when they get old. I knew that kid was going to be six foot five and 250 pounds someday. And if I didn't have him under control by the time he was 10, people were going to get hurt. I loved him. I still love him, but I love him. So you discipline them. Oh no, oh gosh, no, oh. Well, what if they decide they want to be a thief? Now, because you know what just happened, didn't you? Because you felt it. You went, well, that would never happen. Well, who would have thought, well, they want to be a woman? And they're three years old and they should be able to choose. No, they shouldn't. I'm sorry, gosh. Out of the, out of the, I know, I know, I know, but, but we just have to be real about this, folks. We're right. We're the ones who are right. We're the ones who are right. We have truth on our, we have the Word of God. We have history. We have thousands of years of history. All right. I'm going to teach you two real, real new words real quick. I'm going to teach you two new words because I've learned them this, word, this week, and this is awesome. I love these words, which I never knew they existed. The first one is obdurate. 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 It means stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or course of action. Praying for you, John. Praying for you, man. (laughs) Stubbornly refusing. If you have the right answer. If you have the right answer. Sorry, everybody wants to take a picture of the screen. Abdurant. If If you have the right answer, why change course? Why should we change course? I'm not changing course anymore. I never did before. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've all, I was even, I was obdurate before I knew it existed. This is truth. God is, I had people trying to tell me, you know, why do you believe in a God? I can't see God. I can't, I can't feel God. I can't, I don't care. I know He's real. And I'm not changing. This is life. This is reality. This is truth. Stubbornly, stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or course of action. And the other one is pertinacious. Pertinacious. Holding firmly to an opinion or a course of action. Holding first. It's like tenacious, but pertinacious. Didn't know it existed. Here's the truth. We have the truth. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the only way to eternity. Only one to eternity with God. We have that. That is the right answer. If you don't know that yet, we can help you with that. We can answer your questions. We can pray for you. We can talk about what God's done in our lives. We can show you that God is the only way. 
How do we know that? Because there's only one empty tomb. All the other people who call themselves whatever, they're still in the tomb. Jesus rose from the dead. Third day. Showed Himself to hundreds of people. Hundreds and hundreds of people. And He said, what must I... Somebody said, what must I do to be saved? And the, the, the Apostle said that it says, confess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess that, confess that He died for my sins on that cross. When you, when you make that claim, your life changes immediately. Then you have to make another claim. He's now, from now on, going to be the Lord of my life. He's in charge. He's in charge. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. How do I know that? Because I wouldn't do what I do today if there wasn't a God, if there wasn't a Jesus but He has led me and I've followed Him and I I'm, am I'm following Him. He gets to be Lord. He gets to be the one who, who calls the shots. He gets to be the one who, who says, here's what you do and here's what you don't do. And He will lead you in life everlasting. He's come to give you life and life abundantly. He's not here to take anything away from you except your failures, your sin, your loss, death. All the stuff you don't want anyway. How do you make that decision? You just you, you decide in your heart. Some so if, if you if you're not saved, whether you're watching online, whether you're 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 here, whatever, you're, you're already going. Man, there's something about what he's saying. This stuff is true. Yeah, then make a choice to believe it. Make a choice to believe it. Choose. You know, I, we don't. I, I don't. I, does, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. But for years now, I've been led to not have altar calls like we used to do in the church I grew up in. You know, have the music playing and have people come up forward and pray over them and then have them leave the room. The Lord led me years ago to say, "Here's the deal. Here's what you got to do. You want to be born again right now? Choose. Make a choice. Decide. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life." I receive what He did on the cross for me. I, 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 I admit, I commit that, that what He did on that cross paid for my sins. You believe that, and then you speak that with your mouth. You share that with somebody else. As you're leaving today, or as you're, this afternoon, if all of a sudden you go, yep, that's it, that's what I want to do, then, then you call somebody up and say, hey, I just want to let you know I received Jesus Christ as the Lord of my, of my life. I got born again this morning. We've had many, I've, I hear the stories. I do. I hear the stories because somebody will come to me and go, Hey, so and so in the parking lot told me as they were leaving, Hey, I prayed with, I, I prayed that this morning. I know it's happening. Do that. Make that choice. And then we'll, then we'll really see how it's working for you. If tomorrow when you go back to the work or you go back to family or you go back to the, it's how you live your life. Keep coming back, man. We'll help you because we've all failed more then you probably ever will. And we'll pick you back up, we'll hug you, and we'll teach you some more, and we'll answer questions, we'll cry with you. But begin that, begin that today. Make that choice. Don't wait another moment. This afternoon's not promised to anybody. Faith. Faith is amazing, man. You're just walking by faith. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Faith is exciting. Man, I've had more fun in the last 38 years, 37 years, than I ever had before. Once I said, that's it, God, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in 100, 100 and everything. I, you're, you got everything. 
from that moment on, it's been a ride. And it's going to be even a better ride. You watch what God does. Amen? Amen. All right. So here's what I just did. I preached well past offering and announcements. So I apologize to the offering and announcements people. And so here's the deal. Some of you like my giving, my giving sermons, my giving message, so I'm going to give you one today. Give. There you go. There's the ways to give. Box in the back. Mail it in. Drop it off in the office. We all know it's important to give. It's good. Praise God. Amply supplied. I encourage you to do that. And then announcements. Is there anything...